Welcome to JP Morgan TV. I'm Bruce Kasman, and with me this week is Joe Lupton. Hey, Joe, how you doing? Hey, Bruce. I mean, more importantly, how are you doing out there in holiday in Provence? Yeah, just I don't think this is quite you holiday. You can't stay away from these videos, can you, Bruce? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it is so much to talk about right now. In yeah. fact, it's an interesting conversation we should have because we have a lot to talk about with relatively little data that actually was released this week. Um, well, I guess there was enough data. There was a CPI and a yeah. bunch of things. But, <laughs> but so strike that from the record. Okay. There still is, there <laughs> still is a lot to talk about. And um, I guess I've been less thinking about inflation than I have about the signals on growth and in particular the idea that we've had two you know reasonably sobering growth indicators this week from the perspective of another um seeing the loan officer survey showing lots of banks tightening standards we're getting that message uh, in western europe as well um and then we had a you know disturbing pickup in jobless claims we've been you know saying claims rising decisively above 250 might be a a worrisome sign and we got that this week so i guess where we should pick up here is you know i think it's about you know why are we sitting here fighting people who want to say the u.s economy is falling into recession right now you know that's the in some ways the the interesting part of this debate so yeah. why don't we do ta tag team here we used to start <laughs> yeah pick, exactly we're i'll gonna... pick up somewhere in the in the right. I was going to say we're not really going to argue with each other. No, we're not going to argue, but we we got to I think get engaged in this in this issue, which I think yeah, is no, and, and and to be honest, it's easier to kind of see that side of the of the argument based on some of the the, the data you, we saw this week, and you, and you just mentioned. I, I think I I guess if, if you said what am I most worried about, it it wouldn't necessarily have been the the um, senior loan officer surveys because yes that did show tightening and even the level of tightening is is high I don't want to lose sight of that but there's this question of how much of that is consistent with you know central banks starting to put the brakes on versus how much of it is showing an outright break in in activity uh, or in credit the transmission. And I think we didn't get the break. So in some sense, it was tight, but it uh, it probably was a little better than people had feared because there was a concern there'd be a, uh, an outright jump in that in some in one of the categories, and it didn't show up. Okay, so I think what if you dig beneath the surface there, I think one of the things we've noted is that if you look at large banks, uh, you know, tightening considerably, right? Because that's what I would look to, to look for something breaking. I didn't see. I think it was zero large banks tightening considerably. And that differs from prior episodes of downturn. So that made me feel a little bit uh, better about things. I'm not saying, I don't want to totally dismiss it, but uh, certainly made me feel better on that. The thing that makes me the most worried is claims, right? And claims, and we've said this for a number of weeks, this is the part that I think is the real Achilles heel and the argument, as that keeps moving up, we should be watching it and we should get concerned. This week's number was kind of an eye popper and moved up, added to already large gains. However, there's a big however here. That data looks distorted. And for viewers who haven't seen it yet, you can dig up the, the Bloomberg article that it turns out a big part of that rise reflected an increase, a, a massive increase in Massachusetts that now looks to be based on some fraudulent numbers. Uh, at least that's the media report. So I don't want to 
whatever. That's what we're reading, in which case, if you take that out, claims are not really rising as much. So I feel a bit better on that front as well. Let me come at it from a different angle, and I'll, I'll channel my my dislike of Massachusetts sports fans as a New Yorker. <laughs> Say that, that that does bother me that we're getting Massachusetts claims distorted there. But I guess as I've been thinking about the data, I've been thinking, you know, there are these signals that we we see that feel recession-like and, and sluice and claims both have that that flavor to it. But I think the broader from my perspective is there's a lot of things in this economy which, um, have moved dramatically through the pandemic recovery in terms of momentum towards strength. Um, and in that context, recession models, which you know, the ones that we we pay most attention to tend to get built off of these downshifts in momentum. But they may, in the context of a of a normalization off highs through the pandemic recovery, may not be picking things up correctly in terms of the, the right business cycle signal. So in my in my sort of thinking on that, I think what we need to do is cross-reference, which is to say, if we're seeing a material tightening in credit, and as you said, you should be seeing banks be tightening not not broadly only, but also intensively. And that's not what the survey says in the details. Fully important. We're not seeing the uh, the broad um, tightening in in bank credit show up in a broad tightening in uh, financial conditions, at least not in terms of the the latest data in terms of creating stress by the metrics that we we pay attention to. Also, for what it's worth, we just had the H eight out a few minutes ago and. We got April credit growth, which is up on a uh, break-adjusted basis, about three percent a month. That's the weak number. Commercial real estate is actually up all, all, overall, with a slight drop in CNI lending, which both of us uh, probably would attribute to some degree to inventory behavior on the part right. of, the, of the business sector. But equally important in claims, when, when you when you look at the claims numbers, and obviously the fact that it might be distorted reinforces this point. You don't see the alignment of a surge in claims with the flow data of the household survey, which is reported on once a month, or even in the claims data in terms of the unemployment rate moving up. When claims are moving up in recessions, both of those things tend to align with them. And right now, neither of them are. So it just raises yeah. the question to me whether what we're seeing here uh, possibly is a distortion, as you're saying, and maybe that's the right interpretation. The other interpretation I've been kind of toying with is the idea we're just seeing more normalization in the, in the, in the, in the, sort of churning of people towards uh, losing jobs, but also we're seeing in the other data that they're actually getting back absorbed into the labor force pretty pretty quickly and not creating. Right. Um, so like in, in, the, in the theme of tag in, teaming, in, in the theme of tag teaming, let me add to that, because I would say another potential area of concern was that we made a big deal about the first quarter has actually held up fairly well. Certainly no one should really be pushing the idea that uh, any economy was in recession in the first quarter, but one could legitimately point out that a lot of that strength was in January followed by subsequent weakness. And we've been on our heels saying like, well, is that weakness going to extend into the current quarter or not? And we had to wait to see. I think we're getting some hints that as we look to the April data, things actually are looking better, right? So it's kind of should be uh, kind of making people feel a little bit better if you were concerned that we're going to slide into a second quarter recession. So what am I talking about? I'm talking about, of course, the, the April PMIs 
you know, built on gains in prior months are actually pointing to upside risk to our current quarter GDP forecast. And then importantly, in terms of hard data, next week we'll be getting retail sales and industrial production data, both from the US and China uh, uh, for the month of April, showing US retail sales up 1.3% on the, on the headline number, uh, China retail sales up 1%, U.S. manufacturing up, what, what did I say, Bruce? I think I said five-tenths. Uh, five-tenths. Yeah, five-tenths on U.S. manufacturing, and that's partly autos is, is aiding in that. And in, in China, we have a six-tenths gain. Those are, those are yeah. nice, solid numbers. Let me, yeah. let me just also add, we don't want to forget, we've already got the U.S. employment report for April, so that's... Yes, that's also and, not that it, not that it, not that it, that's not a hint. But I would say we also got auto sales uh, for April, which were up seven. I think we've actually got more than we got. We got more than hints in terms of PMIs and payrolls, um, and hopefully we we follow up with our forecast for next week, which will give more reinforcing messages. This thing isn't feeling at all in terms of the incoming news like anything is breaking. And then uh, I would add, Bruce, and maybe this is a transition. So we're, we were getting concerned, and I think we still are. There's legit concerns about the expansion, but I, I think there's enough signs right now to say, at minimum, we're starting the second quarter off on, on a solid footing, notwithstanding some of the pressures that, that are, are building. But that then kind of transitions to, well, what are we learning on the inflation front? What does that mean for central banks? I think this week's CPI report, while some wanted to take it as a somehow a message of, of uh, fading inflation pressures, I, I was a little <laughs> struck by the market response and the media reports. I, I thought it was a, a fairly strong inflation report, particularly when you strip out the, the, the usual suspects and look at those other core services, which at least if you take out shelter, uh, insurance, and airfares, and then look at other core services by that metric, um, which seems reasonable to me, uh, that rose at its highest pace of the year uh, and looks to be accelerating. So I don't know. Core goods is coming down. Shelter did come down after a long stretch of upside. I get that. But to me, the message is that that sticky part of inflation that we're supposed to be worried about is not coming off the way you would hope to. So combined with growth resilience, and you got this inflation story, I, I guess I'm, I'm still in this uh, kind of boil the frog scenario, certainly feels like it's got some weight to it. Well, we've been kind of toying with two rising rate scenarios. One is boil the frog that central banks just don't have the opportunity to stop and they just keep leaning. Uh, the other is that they do take a pause, but then they find themselves forced to to restart. And I think it's interesting you're seeing rhetoric from Fed officials this week, which certainly tried to emphasize the point that the Fed may not be done um, and it's not clear what it's going to do at the June meeting. My, my inclination is still to think that they they pause, but that that pause is, is not likely to stick uh, that long because they're pausing more on the concerns on financial stress and uh, to some degree um, the um, uncertainties around how the transmission mechanism is going to be be felt in the economy. Uh, and, you know, if we're broadly right about our view that the economy is not boomy, but it's not breaking, and we're also broadly right about the view, which you, you, you kind of laid out a minute ago, that, you know, inflation may be coming down from its highs, but it's certainly not getting into any kind of acceptable level. 
then it's quite reasonable that that pause, if they do deliver it, it's just not going to hold that long. So, yeah. um, and, and, and I would, I would just, I would add to that, just to echo the point, you know, when we use our, our new natural language processing, or the Hawk Dove scores out of that, those all came out on the, leaned on the hawkish side this week more. So it kind of take a step, step up Bowman speech today, actually, not that that's a particularly important speaker, but actually showed up as quite hawkish uh, in, in the rhetoric, at least based on the, the model estimate that we have there. So I, I think that's just underscoring what you said earlier. Yeah. So I think we'll, we'll kind of end here. And I think the basic point is, uh, you know, as best we can put things together, there's a lot of messiness in reading the data right now. Global economy, global expansion, U.S. expansion is still standing here. Fed isn't anything close to thinking about easing, and it may not even be, be pausing, although we do think that is the most likely scenario in June. Um, and, you know, this is still a long haul in terms of trying to figure out what we do think is an unsustainable expansion in terms of how it's going to end, what the rate path that's going to deliver that that outcome. And, and one thing we're not going to have the time to get into here, which is to what degree does this event you know, become a U.S. event specifically, or does it turn out to be more synchronized, particularly in a world in which these inflation issues are pretty common across a good part of the world? So I think we'll end there. Um, interesting stuff. I'm going on vacation, but we will pick it up next next Friday. You can bring me back to speed on where we are on the when, beach. I, when I come back. We're going to get you in your Speedos next week. <laughs> I'm going, going wine tasting tomorrow, so... Um, Hopefully, uh, uh, we'll get some rest and come back. We need to find some stuff to argue about, Joe. I don't think this call had enough argument in it. I've heard people like it when we argue, so we'll have to find some things <laughs> on that front. But for now, we'll just leave it with yeah. this peaceful ending. And thanks, maybe, everybody. Maybe the, the Knicks will advance and we'll have something to discuss. Oh, <laughs> I hope so, but I'm not, not feeling that good about it right now. Yeah. But anyway, thanks for listening, and uh, hope we can continue the conversation next week on JP Morgan TV. Thank you.